Welcome to the Myth, Legend and Lore podcast. The Saga of Frithiof the Bold, an adaption from the 1875 translation by Eric Magnusson and William Morris, and the 1901 translation by Rasmus B. Anderson. Chapter 1 of King Beli, Thorstein Viking's son, and their children. King Beli ruled over Son Fielke. Three children had he, Helgi was his first son. Hafdam his second, and Ingeborg was the name of his daughter. She was fair of face, possessed much wisdom, and the foremost of the king's children. A strand went west of the fjord, and upon it a great stead called Baldur's Meads. A place of peace was there, and a temple, surrounded by great wooden posts. Many gods were there, but among them all Baldur was the most favoured. So envious were the heathen men of this place, that no hurt would be done there to neither man nor beast, and no man was permitted to have dealings with a woman there. Seerstrand was where the king resided, but on the other side of the fjord was Forness, where Thorstein Viking's son dwelled. Thorstein had a son named Frithiof. He was the tallest and strongest of men, and more possessed of ability than any other man. Frithiof the Bold he was called, and so adored was he that all prayed for his good fortune. When the king's children were young, their mother died. A good bondee of Somme was called Hilding. He was given the task of fostering Ingeborg. She was reared well and with care. It so happened that Frithiof was also fostered by Hilding, thus becoming Ingeborg's foster brother, and they too were unrivalled among all other children. As King Beli began to age, his properties began to ebb fast away from his hands, but Thorstein ruled over the third part of the realm, and in him lay the king's greatest strength and ally. Every third year Thorstein feasted the king at no small cost, and the king was to host Thorstein the two years between. From his youth, Helgi Beli's son made offerings to the gods and yet neither he nor his brother were cared for much. Thorstein owned a fine ship called Elidi. It pulled fifteen oars on either side, and was well constructed like an ocean-going ship, and his bulwarks were clamped with iron. It is said that Frithiof was so strong, he pulled two oars of Elidi. Either oar was thirteen ells long, and took two men pulled elsewhere on board. Because of Frithiof's abilities, the king's sons became envious, for they received far less praise than he. At this time, 
King Billy became gravely ill. When he had but a few breaths left, he called his sons to him and said, This sickness will bring me to mine end. Therefore I bid you this, that you too hold fast to these old friends I have had. For it seems to me in all things you fall short of that father and son, Thorstein and Frithiof. Surely both in good counsel and in hardihood. A mound you shall raise over me. And with these final words, Billy died. It was not long after this that Thorstein fell sick. He spoke to Frithiof and said, Kinsman, I ask this of you. Bow your will before the king's sons for their dignity's sake. Yet does my heart speak goodly things to me concerning your fortune. Now, I will be laid in my mound overlooking King Billy's mound, down by the sea on this side of the fjord, where we might cry out to each other of tidings drawing near. Then Thorstein departed and was laid in his mound as he had asked, and Frithiof took on the land and properties after him. Bjorn and Asmund were Frithiof's foster brethren. They were both large and strong men. Chapter 2 Frithiof with Ingeborg of those brethren It was not long until Frithiof became the most famed of men and the bravest in all things attempted by men. Frithiof held Bjorn, his foster brother, in the highest regard, though Asmund served them both equally. Upon Thorstein's death, Frithiof inherited the ship Elidi, and a gold ring of which there was none other so precious in Norway. It was said by many that Frithiof was so magnanimous a man that he was a man of no less honour than the sons of the king. Because of this they felt only hate and enmity. It weighed upon them that he was called greater than they. Furthermore, they became aware that Ingeborg, their sister, and Frithiof were of one mind together. The time came when the brother kings were to feast at Frithiof's home at Forness, and there he treated all his guests with more generosity than they were worthy of. Ingeborg was there, and she and Frithiof talked long together, and the king's daughter said to him, You have a good gold ring. That is true, said he. This fact was not missed by Ingeborg's brothers, and greater grew their hatred of Frithiof. A short time later, Frithiof became heavy of mood, and Bjorn, his foster brother, asked him why this was so. He said he had it in his mind to woo Ingeborg. For though I be lesser in name, I am not inferior to them. Even so, let us go to them, said Bjorn. The kings were sitting on their father's mound when Frithiof greeted them well and requested the hand of their sister, Ingeborg, the daughter of Beli. The kings said, You show us poor wisdom in asking. You ask us to give her to one lacking in dignity. We refuse your request without question. To which Frithiof said, Then my errand here is done, but in return, you shall never have my help again though you might be in dire need of it. They said they cared not, and so Frithiof departed, and found his sombre mood vanished, and felt joy once more. 
Chapter 3 of King Ring and Those Brethren There was a king named Ring who ruled over Ringrealm, which was also in Norway. He was a mighty folk king and a great man, but who was now advancing in age. He said to his men, Lo, I have heard the sons of King Beli have severed their friendship with Frithiof, who is surely the most noblest of men. And so I will send men to these kings and give them a choice. Submit them to me and pay me tribute, or I will bring war upon them, and I believe I will easily take them, for they have neither might nor wisdom to withstand me. It would honour me greatly to overcome them in my old age. And so the messengers of King Ring sought out those brothers, Helgi and Hafton, and told them this. King Ring orders you to send him tribute, or else he will war against your realm. They answered and said they would not learn in the days of their youth, but they would be unwilling to know in their old age, namely to serve King Ring with shame. No, we will gather all men we can find. And so they did, but found their army was too small, and they sent Hilding to Frithiof to ask him for aid against King Ring. Frithiof was engaged in a game of chess when Hilding came to him and said, Our kings send you greetings, Frithiof, and ask that you aid them in battle against King Ring, who comes against their realm with violence and wrong. Frithiof made no answer to Hilding, but said to Bjorn with whom he was playing, An open place there, foster brother, and no way for you to amend it. I shall take the red piece there, and see if it can be saved. Then Helding spoke again. King Helge bade me say this much, Frithiof, that you should go on this journey with them, or suffer at their hands when they return. A double game, foster brother, said Bjorn, and two ways to escape. Frithiof said, Then I would be wise to take the knave first, though the game is sure to be. No other outcome of this errand had Hilding. He returned to the kings with haste and told them Frithiof's answer. They asked Hilding what he made out of those words. He said, When he spoke of the open place, he thought, in my opinion, of leaving his place in your expedition open. But when he pretended to attack the Red Peace, I think he meant your sister, Ingeborg. Watch her, therefore, as well as you can. But when I threatened him with severe treatment from you, Bjorn considers it a choice between the two. But Frithiof said the knave must be attacked first. And by this, he meant King Ring. The brothers prepared to depart, but before they left, they let Ingeborg take eight women with her to Baldur's Meats, saying Frithiof would not be so mad as to go meet her there, and none would risk injury there. The brothers went south to Yadar and met King Ring. Now, what made King Ring so furious was that the brothers had said they considered it a shame to fight a man so old he could not mount his horse unaided. Chapter 4 Frithiof Goes to Baldur's Meats As soon as the kings had departed, Frithiof dressed in his robes of state and placed the gold ring on his arm 
Then the foster brothers went down to the sea and launched Elidi. Bjorn said, Where are we sailing to, foster brother? To Baldur's Meats, said Frithiof, to be glad with Ingeborg. Bjorn said, It is unwise to anger the gods. Well, it shall be risked this time, said Frithiof. And besides, Ingeborg's favour means more to me than that of Baldur. Therewith they rode over the fjord, and went up to Baldur's meats, and to Ingeborg's bower, and there she sat with eight maidens, and the newcomers were eight also. But when they came there, all the place was hung with cloth of pall and precious webs. Then Ingeborg rose and said, Why are you so overbold, Frithiof, to come here without the consent of my brothers, and risk the wrath of the gods? Frithiof said, Howsoever that may be, I believe your love to be of more account than the wrath of the gods. Ingeborg answered, Then I welcome you here, you and your men. Then she made a place for him to sit beside her, and drank with him the best of wine, and so they sat there and made merry together. Then Ingeborg saw the goodly ring on his arm, and asked him if that precious thing were his own. Frithiof said it was, and Ingeborg did not hide her admiration of it. Then Frithiof said, I will give you this ring if you swear never to part with it, or give it to another, but to return it to me when you no longer have a care to keep it, and with it we shall pledge our love and loyalty to each other. And with this pledge of love and loyalty, they exchanged rings. And from then on, Frithiof went to Baldur's Meads at night, and every day in between, to spend a while with his love, Ingeborg. Chapter 5 Those Brethren Come Home Again It should now be told what became of the brothers and King Ring. Well, they found themselves outnumbered by the king's forces, and the men were sent between them to find some agreement of peace so that battle could be avoided. The terms of King Ring were such that he would have Ingeborg's hand in marriage, and the brothers would submit to his rule, as well as one-third of their possessions. To this the brothers consented, for they realised they had no hope in overwhelming the forces of their foe. Peace was secured by oaths and the wedding was to take place in song when the king came to look upon his betrothed. The brothers made for home with their folk, though content with things as they stood. But Frithiof, when he thought the return of the brothers was nigh, said to the king's daughter, So well and handsomely have you treated us, and no anger have we drawn from Baldur. But when your brothers return, Spread the sheets of your bed in the hall of the goddesses, that is the highest of all dwellings in this place, so that we might see it from our stead. The king's daughter said, You have not done as other men would do in this matter. Surely we will welcome you as friends when you come to us. So Frithiof went home, and early the next morning he left the hall. Upon his return he sang, I must tell our good men, that over and done are our fair journeys, 
No more aboard ship shall we be going, for there are sheets spread out a bleaching. When they went out, they saw the hall of the goddesses was all thatched with white linen. Bjorn said, Now the kings are home. We have but a little while to sit in peace, and it seems to me it would be wise to gather our folk together. So this was done, and many men flocked to meet them. It was not long before the brother kings heard of the ways of Frithiof and Ingeborg, and of the gathering of men. King Helgi said, It is a wonder to me that Baldur bears the shame of Frithiof and our sister. Now, we shall send our messengers to him, and hear what atonement he has to offer us, for he will be driven from this land, for we lack the men and strength to fight with him. Hilding, their foster father, bore the king's errands to Frithiof and his friends, and spoke these words. This atonement the kings will have of you, Frithiof, is that you go gather the tribute of the Orkneys, which has not been paid since Belly died, for they need the money. They are to give Ingeborg their sister in marriage, and much of their wealth with her. Frithiof said, This only thing urging us to peace, the goodwill of our departed kin, but no trust will those brethren show us. But this condition I make, that our lands be left in peace while we are away. So this was promised, and bound by oaths. Then Frithiof prepared for the voyage, with eighteen men considered brave and good. His men asked him if he would not go to King Helgi, and make peace with him, and pray to Baldur that he might be freed from wrath. But he answered, Know this, I swear I will never pray Helgi for peace. Then he went aboard Elidi, and they sailed out along Songfjord. When King Halfdan was made aware that Frithiof and his men had departed, he spoke to Helgi and said this. Our rule would be all the better if Frithiof paid for his wrongdoings. Let us burn his hall and deliver such a storm on the sea to him and his men that will be the end of them. And Helgi agreed that this should be done. They burned the hall at Forness after taking anything of worth. Then they sent for the witchwives Hid and Hamglom, and gave them what was due, to raise a storm against Frithiof and his men, that was so mighty and fierce every life aboard would surely perish. This was done on the witch mount, with songs of spells and sorcery. Chapter 6 Frithiof Sails for the Orkneys A great wind and storm descended, as Frithiof and his men came out of the Sion fort. The sea was treacherous, but the ship Elidi braved the waves and swiftly, for she was well built and the finest ship that had ever sailed. So now Frithiof sang. Oft let I swim from song, my tarred ship sooty sided, when maids sat o'er the meathorn, amidst of Baldur's meadows. Now, while the storm is wailing, farewell I bid you maidens. Still shall ye love us, sweet ones, though Elidi the sea fill. Said Bjorn, It would serve you better to find something else to do than sing songs about Baldur's meadows. I shall sing a while yet, said Frithiof. 
Then they bore north to the sounds near the isles called Solendir, and here the tempest pressed them hard. Then sang Frithiof. Now is the sea a-swelling, and sweepeth the rack onward. Spells of old days cast o'er us, make the ocean all unquiet. No more shall we be striving, midstorm the wash of billows, but Solendir shall shelter, our ship with ice-beat rock walls. And so they lay under the shelter of the isles called Solendir, and they were of a mind to stop there. But the wind fell, and their voyage seemed once more to be hopeful to them. Though the wind was calm a while, it soon began to quicken again. Then sang Frithiof. In days foredone, from Forna's strand, I rode to meet Maid Ingeborg. But now I sail through chilly storm, and wide away my long worm drippeth. Now that they were out in the open sea, the wind whipped, and the sea became frenzied. A great snowstorm arose, so thick they could see neither stem nor stern, and water poured over the ship so that every man had to bail endlessly. And Frithiof sang. The salt waves we see not a seaward drive we ever, before the witch wrought weather. We, well-famed king's defenders, here are we all standing, with all Solendir hauled down. Eighteen brave lads abailing Black Elidi to bring home. Said Bjorn. Fortune needs be with him fares thus far. That it be, foster brother, said Frithiof, and sang withal. Helgi it is that helpeth the whitehead billows waxing. Cold time unlike the kissing in the close of Baldur's meadow. So it is the hate of Helgi. To that heart's love she giveth. O oh, would that I held her, gift high above all giving. Maybe, said Bjorn. She is looking higher than where you are now. What matter when all is said? Now, now is the time to show what men we are, though better it would be to rest in Baldur's meadows. They put themselves to work, for they were the bravest of men in the finest ship of the Northlands. But Frithiof sang a stave. So come in the west sea, not see I the billows. The sea water seemeth a sweeping of wild fire. Topple of rollers, toss the hills swan white, or a steep of the wave hills, Elidi wallows. Huge waves rolled on the sea, so that all were bailing. But still Frithiof sang. With love moved mouth the maiden, he pledgeth though I found her. Ah, bright sheets lay bleaching, east there on Brent's the swan loves. Bjorn said, Are you of a mind to think the maids of song will weep tears when you are dead? Said Frithiof. Surely that was in my mind. With that a great wave broke over the bow, and water flooded in like a river. But the men were so hardy, and the ship so outstanding, that all were saved. And now sang Bjorn. No widow, methinks, to thee or me drinks, no ring-bearer fair biddeth draw near. Salt are our eyne soaked in the brine, strong our arms no more, and our eyelids smart sore. Asmund said, 
It is a small matter that your arms be somewhat tired. For no pity had we from you when we rubbed our eyes each morning, and you rose at dawn to go to Baldur's Meadows. Well, said Frithiof, why not sing about it, Asmund? Not I, said Asmund. Yet he promptly sang this stave. Sharp work about the sail was when o'er the ships he tumbled, and there was I a-working with him board against eight bailers. Better it was to bower, bringing the women breakfast, than here to be mid billows like a lady a-bailing. You think your help of no less worth than it is? said Frithiof, laughing. But it reveals the thrall's blood in you that you would be serving at a table. The storm blew harder and harder yet, so that those who were aboard Elidi likened the waves to huge peaks and mountains that seemed to break the sea and crash on all sides against the ship. Then Frithiof sang. On bolster I sat, then Baldur's meets erst, and all songs that I could to the king's daughter sang. Now on Ran's bed belike must I soon be a-lying and another shall be by Ingeborg's side. Bjorn said, Great fear lies before us, foster brother. Now dread has crept into your words, which is ill and such a good man as you are. Said Frithiof, Neither fear nor fainting it is, though I sing now of those are merry journeys. Perhaps more has been said of them than need be, but most men would think death surer than life if they were so bested, as we might well be. I answer you with this, said Bjorn, and sang. Yet one gain have I gotten, thou gats not mid thy fortune. For me play did I make me, with Ingeborg's eight maidens. Red rings we laid together, a right in Baldur's meadow, when far off was the warder of the wide land of Hafton. Now, foster brother, said he, we must be content with things as they are. Suddenly the sea struck them once more, with such force the bulwark was broken and both the sheets, and four men were washed overboard and all lost to the waves. Then sang Frithiof. Both sheets are bursting amid great billows, four swains are sunk in the fathomless sea. It seems to me, said Frithiof, some of us will go now to the house of Ran. It will do us no favours should we not come there in a glorious array. Each man here should have something of gold on him. Then he cut asunder the ring that had been Ingeborg's gift, and shared it between all the men, and sang this stave. The red ring here I hew me, once owned of Hafton's father the wealthy lord of Erwile, where the sea-waves undo us, so on the guests shall gold be. If we have a need of guesting, meet so for mighty menfolk, amid Vran's hall, to hold them. It is not certain we go there, said Bjorn, and yet it may well be so. At this moment, Frithiof and his folk found that the ship had a great way about her, they knew nothing of what lay ahead, for a gloom surrounded them, so that none could see the stem or stern from amidships. And with that, 
darkness there came a great drift of spray amid the furious wind and frost and snow and deadly cold. And now Frithiof went to the mast, and there he said to his fellows, I have seen a wondrous thing, for a great white whale went in a ring about the ship. I believe we are near land, and he is keeping the shore against us. Surely King Helgi has dealt with us in no friendly way, and neither will this messenger be friendly. Furthermore, there are two women on the back of the whale. They have brought the tempest upon us with dark spells and witchcraft. But now, we will do our best to prevail. My fortune are their devilry. So steer your straightest, and I will strike these evil creatures with beams. And so he sang this stave. See I, troll women, twain on the billows, e'en they whom Helgi Heather has sent. Elidi now, whatever her way stop shall smite the backs of those asunder. So tells the tale that the good ship Elidi was enchanted to know the speech of man. But Bjorn said, Now we see the treason of those brothers against us. Therewith he took command of the tiller, and Frithiof caught up a forked beam, ran into the prow, and sang this stave. Elidi, hail, leap high o'er the billows. Break of the troll wives, brow or teeth now. Break cheek or jaw of the cursed woman, one foot or twain of the ogress filthy. With those words, he drove the fork at one of the skin changers and the beak of Elidi struck the other on the back, and the backs of the witches were broken. But the whale dove into the deep and disappeared, and they never saw him after. The wind fell, but the ship remained waterlogged, so Frithiof called on his men to bail out the ship. But Bjorn said, There is no more to be done. Do not despair, foster brother, said Frithiof. It the want of brave men to help while they might, whatever may come after. And therewith he sang a stave. No need, fair fellows, to fear the death day, rather be glad, good men of mine. For if dreams what ought, all nights they say, I yet shall have my Ingeborg. And so they bailed the ship, and found they drew closer to land, and still... There was the flaw of wind in their teeth. So then did Frithiof take two oars and rowed with might. And as the weather cleared, they saw they had come out to Ephia Sound, and there they made land. The crew were beyond weary, but so resilient a man was Frithiof that he bore eight men ashore. Bjorn bore two, and Asmund one. Then sang Frithiof. Fast bear I up to the firelit house, my men all dazed with the drift of the storm, and the sail moreover to the sand I carried, with the might of the sea. Is there no more to do? 